Welcome to Bad Songwriter Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Holmquist. We're here today with Macy Stewart from Ohm. Hey. Hey. Hi. How you doing? Doing great. How about you? We were just talking uh, before we started recording about how it's sunny out here in Chicago for once, and that's delightful. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is really nice to be able to get outside of the house. Mm-hmm. Really a rarity at these points. Yes. But... And hopefully it continues to stay that way. Maybe, you know, maybe it'll be a really hot summer and we can all socially distance outside and sweat a lot. That's my hope. <laughs> That's true. That seems that seems like a beautiful wish for the future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just want to bike around a ton. So I'd love to hear about when you first started writing music. Well, I first started writing music when I was probably like eight or nine. And it was more like instrumental stuff because I was trained in... Um, like classical piano and violin uh, from a really young age. So that was the first type of music writing that I gravitated towards. And I played in a really, um, I played in a youth orchestra when I was like nine or something. And I I think the first piece that I ever wrote was like a two-page orchestra piece. Oh, wow. Um, But uh, yeah, so that gradually evolved into wanting to write songs because songs are cool. And I really, you know, I was like getting obsessed with Fiona Apple and getting obsessed with them. Mm-hmm. Um, like I always loved the Beatles and Beach Boys and listened to a lot of Kate Bush with my dad and uh-huh. was just kind of into, into the idea of writing songs. So I think I started writing them around like 12 or 13. Coincidentally, also the time when I was getting really into like Fall Out Boy. And- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> those those kind of bands. Yeah. So, you know, I think that uh, you know, there's like the the want for self-expression but also the like this is cool. Yeah, absolutely. I think was probably at least half of it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. That's totally fine. That's true. <laughs> I listened to a lot of Fall Out Boy and Blink-182 and things like that around that age as well. They just really got it, you know. Oh yeah. My 13-year-old feelings. <laughs> Totally, totally. Yeah, I was, I was feeling it. It's, it's always so funny to think about how, how bands were like really tapping into the feelings of thirteen-year-olds mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah. <laughs> did you? So did you write those first songs on piano then? I wrote. I actually wrote my first songs on guitar. Strangely enough, because I. Again, I was like, wow, guitar is such a cool instrument. And I had been taking lessons in piano and violin and um, felt kind of attached to the, or my, my brain felt kind of attached to the classical music aspect of that. So I think it was a little weird for me to jump into it right away. Gotcha. Um, so, I, so I learned like four chords on the guitar. And I was like, I'm going to just write songs on this thing. I had like that's great an ov- ovation <laughs> acoustic electric that was my first guitar too <laughs> really that's yeah. so the great terrible plastic back oh <laughs> nasty it just like slides down your leg I when know. you're trying to play yeah <laughs> i bought i bought my first guitar in college because i went off to college i i started on piano too i went to college and i was like wait this is not a portable instrument i need to like learn another instrument that I yeah, can, yeah. That I can transport. So I bought an uh, Ovation Acoustic Electric for my friend, and it had like the highest action, you know. And so they always they do. do. It's bad. <laughs> so bad. And so like when I finally like switched to another gu- guitar, I was like, oh, this doesn't have to be so difficult. <laughs> it can be easier to play this instrument. Okay, cool. 
life could be so easy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. But yeah, I definitely started songwriting on the guitar, even though I think ultimately it was like listening to a lot of the music of Fiona Apple that really made me excited to write songs, like seriously write songs. Uh-huh. But yeah, the first few songs I wrote were, yeah, on the guitar. Probably because I was listening to a lot of like rock music and stuff. Yeah. Well, we have some tracks here to listen to. So we should listen to the first one. Mm-hmm. So this first one we have here is called Down the Stairs. Uh, if there's anything you want to say that about that before we give it a listen. Uh, you know, it's it's a little bit a little bit emo. <laughs> definitely. Definitely um, feeling the uh, the sad girl vibes, I think, with this one. Uh I think I don't I don't even yeah. know what I was feeling when I wrote this one. I think I was just like, you know, feeling lonely, feeling like I needed some <laughs> needed to express myself some way. I don't even know what I needed to express. I just needed to do it. <laughs> All right, let's give it a listen. Look into your eyes and you will see an empty bits of uncertainty. Hearing my voice is very cringy for me. <laughs> I just, yeah. I don't know. Why was I singing like that? Yeah, I don't know. I like, it's hard for me to listening to recordings from years ago. I feel like I was definitely putting on a voice. Yeah. You know, I guess it takes you time to find your voice. Yeah. You uh, How did you record this? That's a great question. I think my dad gave me like a really shitty interface and I just went into GarageBand. <laughs> Who was lying? Yeah, I actually got this recording from my friend Heather. I didn't even have it myself. Yeah. I think I like deleted them all off my computer. But um, yeah, but she uh, she had all of them on her old iPad because or iPod because I gave it to her when we were like thirteen or something. That's that's so great. She still had them. Yeah, this is this is definitely from like eighth grade, I think. This is like the second song I ever wrote. I don't know where my where the first one is. I remember how it goes, but <laughs> yeah, I think especially the first few songs I wrote, like I don't think they'll ever leave my head because I just p- played them so much because I was like, look, I wrote this. Yeah. Everyone knows that you're too beautiful to let him get to you. Don't you know that he is full of lies? Don't let him get to you. Everyone knows that you're too beautiful to let him get to you. Don't you know that he is full of lies? Don't let him get to you. Don't let him get to you. Oh, there's a there's an outro. Don't let him get to you. <laughs> Pretty cool. <laughs> Super cool. Don't let him get to you. Yeah. <laughs> there. There it is. There it is. There it is. Happening. That's that's great. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> On that ovation. Yeah. 
that signature sound. You know, it's all about the tone. <laughs> it really is. I, the tone I know the I was just going for the tone. <laughs> right. <laughs> Clearly. Yes. So the second one we have here to listen to is Caged. Um, is there anything you want to say about this before we give it a listen? I think this is when I tried to start writing more seriously or like trying mm-hmm. trying to write from myself instead of like a fantasy version of myself. And this was definitely after I, I was super obsessed with Fiona Apple. It's on the piano. I think it's like one of the first songs I wrote on the piano. And yeah, that's that's this one. There's like even a little piano solo. Let's let's give it a listen. I think this recording has some weird distortion on it. When things stayed exactly the same Sitting here waiting for Yeah, I think I wrote this one when I was like 14 maybe Now don't you see that yeah. I'm not quite alright My heart's much too heavy to hold My head won't stop spinning My inside's not flipping I'm lucky I stand in this It's funny though, it's like when you listen to these old songs Like, I don't know if you feel this way But I feel like in some ways I've grown so much since then and in some ways I'm like oh yeah that internal like 13 year old is still there (laughs) oh absolutely just like you know it's an eternal quest to like rid yourself of that 13 year old or at least like grow that 13 year old (laughs) yeah no I feel totally the same way I mean there are still songs that I write now that like no one will ever hear because it's just like I have to write the ridiculous emotional song to get it out of my system yeah, and then like, I can clear it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really just a process of refining and just not putting those ones out. <laughs> yeah. Waiting for their life to change when your broken heart never was old. Sitting here waiting for their life to change when your broken heart never was whole. Nice. Nice. Oh, boy. So we have one more to listen to here called Blue, if you want to talk about that. This one was my, like, I think this was the first song I wrote where I actually felt confident about the song that I wrote being good. Or not even good, but just doing what I meant it to do. Yeah, it was like my first real love song. This is the first time that I fell in love. I think I was like 16 or something. Yeah, and that's what this song is. (laughs) I still kind of like it. It's not not the kind of stuff that I make now. It doesn't even feel related, but it, you know, I feel like I can appreciate it. At least appreciate this one for the time when it was made, as opposed to the other two where I'm like, oh God, <laughs> delete, delete yeah. these from the earth. Already like the panning. <laughs> yeah. Not a sign of warning 
clouds flow like a maze I've never paid attention before I just walked right out the door The birds singing sweetly in my ears Have I just ignored it all these years? Oh my, what a beautiful sky seen it before but if I look once That's my friend Nico on trumpet <laughs> oh sweet when I first I forgot about this version I thought that this was just like the demo version this is nice oh there's drums <laughs> <laughs> jazz yes very Where did you record this one? I kind of can't remember. I feel like it was at my friend's studio that was like somewhere on Division Street. I can't remember what the name of the studio was though. Blended Babies, actually, I think is what it was called. <laughs> yeah. Quite a name. I know. When I first met you, the sky was a beautiful shade of blue. Oh my, what a beautiful sky. I've never seen it before, but if I... So funny to listen to it. I didn't realize it was a whole band version of it. throws me back to a a different time yeah <laughs> give me a good fade yeah classic fade out gotta love it <laughs> gotta gotta have a fade out longest fade of all time it is still <laughs> it's still going it just still keeps still going still there <laughs> hi there it's mo and chip and mikey and we're the hosts of the deep dark truth podcast an allegedly hilarious podcast that dives into your favorite conspiracies mysteries and bizarre true crimes it's like reddit for your ears wait what's reddit we investigate cases like proven conspiracies, rituals, and the cryptid dating scene. Because local cryptids want to meet you. Call me Bigfoot. Tip line 313-355-3411. Listeners can also submit their own stories and might find themselves featured on future episodes. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast you're listening to right now. And keep searching for, for the deep, dark, dark truth. truth. Ugh, I hate when you do that. How would you say that your songwriting process has changed over the years? You know, obviously now you write with other people and have been in various groups and yeah, do different do different things musically. But like, what would you say are the major things that have changed? That's 
A really good question. I mean, I think that when I... If anything, I mean, maybe nothing. No, I think it's definitely changed. I mean, when I was younger, a lot of the songs were written, like... I mean, I I still use a lot of the same imagination tools, you know, like imagining what a thing would feel like or imagining what life could be like and kind of trying, trying to embody... Like, when I was younger, it was trying to embody this adult version of myself that I thought would exist or something or like trying to take myself a little more seriously than was probably necessary Uh um and I think I still maybe do the same kind of thing I think that as as my songwriting evolved it definitely turned into this thing where it was like I would I would say things in songs or I would I would write things without thinking about them fully and then look at them later and realize that it was kind of an underlying version of how I was actually feeling at the time and it was just like my subconscious shining through in this way so it was always like I don't know songwriting has always been a way for me to to emote and analyze my own feelings in a weird way but I think as I've gotten older too I've been able to detach it a little bit more from myself if I need to I I'm looking at it more of like a craft than as like an emotional outlet sometimes I mean there's still songs that fit in that space of like of necessity for myself, which is like, you know, I think why a lot of people write songs is like, it, it just helps you process. But I think it's also become much more of like a, you know, same as like technically playing an instrument or like doing anything in a technical fashion. Like you learn different ways of doing it and can then apply those skills, you know, back and forth to it. I think I'd like to think I'm more aware now than I was Yeah. <laughs> at 13. I don't know. I don't think that that's true, actually, but everything's always growing and evolving. Do you start one way usually with a song? Do you start with lyrics or music? Do they come together? Does it depend on the day? It totally depends on the day. I have like a I have a whole list of notes in my phone of just sometimes I'll think of a word or a phrase or I'll see something written down somewhere like in a book or on a poster and I'll just write it down because I'm like maybe I'll need to use this later. Like I like it now. I don't know what to do with it, but I'll just like put it in my pocket. You know, sometimes if I'm like I'm in the mood to create a song, I, I'll like scroll through that. Or if I'm like just messing around the guitar one day, you know, maybe I'll find a chord progression that I really like and try to put something to that. So I like I like to change it up. I don't like doing the same thing every time. I think once I start getting a formula for things of a creative nature is when I, I get bored of them, which is maybe not the best <laughs> trait to have necessarily. But um, I don't know. I guess it's just kind of how I work. It sounds similar to what I do, honestly. Now that we we are quarantined and I'm stuck in my home a lot more and not going out to places, I have a lot more time to like scroll through my voice notes and my demo recordings yeah. and my notes app <laughs> and sort of, you, you know, put things together. A, a lot of the times, you know, maybe you do this too, I'd love to hear, but I'll like take two different ideas from my voice memos and sort of stitch them together into like a Frankenstein song and then it becomes the whole song. Totally, Yeah. That's why I'm honestly, it's so great to have smartphones now because so many of my ideas many years ago were just like lost. I would forget about them because I didn't have a really convenient way to Mm -hmm. like, you know, sing them into a recorder or whatever. But thank goodness for voice notes. Totally. I find that when I'm driving in my car, sometimes I'll be like, Um, (laughs) like sing it into my phone and then like, 
you know, like three months later, you go back and listen. You're like, what the fuck was I thinking when I, <laughs> when I did that? Why did I think that was a good idea? But like, you know, I don't know, other things. Like I, I actually went through all of my voice memos the other day in a, in a fit of boredom. Wow. Um, because I was, I was just curious. I like went all the way back to the end of it and like found some things that I made with other friends. But yeah, I found like beginnings of Ohm songs that we were making. And that was really fun to hear how those evolved. There's like a really early version of water in there and a really early version of, um, yeah, just a bunch of other songs that definitely turned into like mashing ideas together, you know, to create one whole Frankenstein monster. I like, yeah, like you said, like that's a fun way to work too. I don't know. Yeah. Any, I don't think, I don't think there's any formula to doing it. It's just kind of like, you know, at least in creativity, you kind of, you kind of go with the flow. You make sure you're doing it on a consistent basis if you can, and then go with the flow as much as you can. Is there a process that you and Seema have for writing together and creating together? Or is that also going with the flow and whatever happens? Uh, there's a little more of a process with that because it's definitely, uh, yeah, I mean, it's complicated by having two different songwriters. Um, so when we, when we do stuff, I'll write a song and bring it in or she'll write a song and bring it in. At least that's how it happened with the first record. Like there were three songs for me and three songs from Seema and then we arranged them together. And then with parts, it was a little more collaborative. And then with the next record, with the one that's coming out in June, we purposefully wanted to be more collaborative and try to write on each other's songs. I think that we do have like a singular voice, but it's a singular voice created by two people. So it's hard to maintain that or not hard, it's just you have to be conscious of maintaining it and feeling like there's there's a balance. And I think that, right. yeah, co-writing lyrics with somebody else is maybe one of the hardest things that you can do, especially if you feel really emotionally attached to whatever you're creating. I think that it's it's easy to, to feel, uh, at least on my part, sometimes it feels like uh, painful to share that with someone else and like maybe have them... Uh, have a different idea of where the song is going but I think that we were both really open to or recently I've been much more open to like letting our emotions blend in that at least in that capacity so not necessarily a formula but trying different things with each record or each project that we end up doing I totally hear you on the on the lyrics things when I I've I mean, I write collaboratively some of the curls stuff, you know, stuff that we wrote mm-hmm. together. But the lyrics bit of it is is the hardest part, I think, to combine. Because, like, I can write lyrics and melody over, like, whatever, you know, give me a whatever instrumental thing and I can do something over it. But if it's, like, me and somebody else and we have to, like, you know, yeah, yeah it, <laughs> it's hard to take, like, criticism on the lyrics or be like, oh, we should change this part if I feel, like, very attached to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I agree. What are some things you've been listening to lately that you've been liking or that have been inspiring you? Good question. Well, I recently just put on this Riley Walker and Charles Rumback record that uh, came out a few years ago called Cannots. And it's so beautiful. It's really like, I've been kind of going through my record collection and trying to just play through everything that I have because like when else do you have time to just listen to your vinyl so that's definitely that's something I've been listening to a lot the Jackie Lynn record you know Circuit Disu Haley Four. yeah it's it's uh her project with Bitchin Bajas oh awesome it's so freaking good it's so good I'll have to listen the new Fiona Apple 
of course. <laughs> um, yeah, this this band drinks, which is one of Kate Laban's side yes. projects. Yes, I've been listening to that some too. So good. I hadn't heard that band. My friend sent it to me, and I was mind blown. I was like, "This is like this is everything I want to make." Yeah. I I love Kate Laban. I think she's my new crush right now. She's so good. So yeah. good. When I saw her last summer at Pitchfork, I was just like losing my mind the entire time. Yeah. She, that that set was incredible. I remember sweating yeah. so much. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that it was and extremely Kate hot my, that day. <laughs> those are my two <laughs> biggest memories from that day. And I guess you touched on this a little bit by saying you went through all of your voice memos, but um, has the quarantine felt like productive time for you creatively? Has it been difficult? Has it been a mix? I know it's been different for different people that I've been talking to. It's definitely been a mix for me. There, yeah, there are a lot of emotions for me tied up in it. You know, I think on one hand, I like, I did need a break from touring, but on the other hand, it's like to not see a future or like to not necessarily see what is going to happen is really scary to think about, especially in terms of like, wow, that was what I planned my career to be. Interesting. (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, you know, going, going through a lot of other personal things with quarantine too. And, and also just like not being able to hug your friends. I think that my, my creative spurts have been intense and with mm-hmm. a lot of space in between them. I think I've been like I've been creating in other ways like making a lot of food. I like Yeah. I love cooking and when I don't feel like being around music or being in music at all, I can I can easily shift to, you know, trying to make stuff, like food stuff because I feel like that's a really fun creative outlet for me. What kind of things have you been cooking? We had a dim sum day the other day, actually. Ooh. Yeah, that was fun. Um, made a bunch of dumplings, made the wrappers and the filling, and then made scallion pancakes, made nice. chocolate chip cookies, <laughs> um, and like garlic greens, and um, but making a lot of bread like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Really getting, getting down and dirty into the world of bread. Um, <laughs> That's been really fun. But yeah, I don't know. It feels like, I feel like I've been productive, but I also really want to shift into a mentality of, of listening. I feel like, I feel like it's really easy to want to produce a lot and it feels good to make things. So that's why you want to do it. But I, I also feel like something I've, I've realized in myself for this quarantine is like the need to also listen and take in and process that stuff too. So that whatever is being created next feels um, feels refreshed, you know, and can have a new perspective on it. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, of course, of course. Thanks for having me. This is this was fun and scary, but fun. <laughs> Good. Good. I'm gl- I'm glad it was fun. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find Macy's Music and Ohm's Music on the internet everywhere you find music. And you can find us on Instagram at Bad Songwriter and on Twitter 
at bad underscore songwriter. If you're a musician who's interested in being on the podcast, you can email me at badsongwriterpod at gmail.com. And if you're liking the show, we'd love it if you could rate, review, subscribe, share it on social media, share it with a friend, all these things help us out. Alright, thanks, bye.